Welcome to The Other 99, a podcast to equip the church for community, discipleship, and mission. Uh, we're your hosts. My name is Guy Wimberly. I'm Bethany McFarland. And I'm David Godbold. I'll do one more. One, two, three. Okay. Welcome back to The Other 99. Um, we're, we're glad to have you with us for what is, for now, um, going to be our last episode. Um, it's been um, a really good ride, and um, we're not done for good. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the episode, but um, <clears throat> um, this, this is our last episode for now. Um, and the, the episode today is, is just going to kind of include some, some closing reflections um, just about um, community discipleship and mission and just kind of our, our big takeaways from the podcast as a whole. So um, I think Bethany's going to get us started off. Yeah, so like I said, we're going to talk about just some of the things that we've learned and how this podcast has impacted us personally because it's been, what, like a year and a half or so in the making, and a lot's gone on between then and now. We've learned a lot, and this has been a really great platform for us to grow um, just in preparing this for you guys. So I hope that we don't let you down with this last one, that you're <laughs> still able to take away some nuggets Way to as hedge well. from the beginning. <laughs> right, I know. So without further ado, we're going to talk about... Um, so our tagline is equipping the church for community discipleship and mission. And we've specifically focused on each of those three elements. So we just kind of want to dive in a little more to what we've learned about those three things. So Guy. Yeah. So with community, I I think an easy critique that that's often made of churches and and it's one that we've made before uh, on the podcast is that, is that much of the community that happens in our churches is, is pretty surface level. Um, someone asks how we're doing, we say we're good. And, and that's really, um, that's really as far as we go, things don't move much deeper than that. And, and I think that is a fair critique of our community. I, I think that's a fair representation of what our community looks like, but, but the solution to the lack of community in a situation like that isn't to divulge all of your life secrets to everyone who asks you how you're doing. Um, I think the church is intended to have various layers of community, and, and I think we see this reflected in the life of Jesus. At, at the biggest level, Jesus had the crowds. We, we don't know how many people that included, and it, but, but Jesus gave time to them, um, but he didn't give all of himself to them in his ministry. At, at the net smallest level, he had the 70 um, that we see in Luke and, and then the 12 main disciples. And then even within the 12, the main three, Peter, James, and John. And as he moved down those layers, um, we see Jesus give more and more of his time and himself to those relationships. Um, I think the same is to be true of us. I think our, our within the church, our outer layer of community is the the members of the church and and maybe the next layer is the layer of people who attend um community gatherings like a potluck or um a church picnic or whatever um and then within that we've got um our small group um and then even within that we've got um our our friendships our connections within the small group um it's okay if we're just having two minute um, surface level conversations with folks on Sunday service, um, but but there needs to be a deeper level uh, of involvement with others um, as well. Um, and and like I said, I think that kind of involvement comes through small groups and and close close relationships with others in those small groups. Um, and the goal within those relationships is deep intimacy and vulnerability. Um, we're going to get out what we put into it with those relationships. If we're honest and vulnerable, um, they'll benefit us greatly. If we come to those relationships with masks on, they won't. Um, they're not going to benefit us in the way that, that they need to. Um, so if you're not involved in some kind of small group, get involved in one. And, and if you are, think through what it would look like to share more of yourself in those groups um, or to share more of yourself with two or three other people in the group. Um, to put it at its simplest, we need friends. 
We need people who will go through the hard stuff with us, um, who will call us out on our junk, who can speak into our lives to build us up. Um, a, a good book, a really good book on this is a book called uh, Spiritual Friendship by Wesley Hill. Uh, Wesley is a, a celibate gay Christian, um, and he makes the case that, that both our culture and the church um, has lost uh, the, the idea, the value of, of true deep friendship. Um, and he gives some really good models for what it would look like for us to reclaim it, um, uh, to reclaim friendship almost as as a spiritual discipline, um, just real close community. Uh, it's a really good book. It's like 100 pages. You can breeze through it in a weekend unless you're David. Um, then three-month uh, friends still working on my last 100-page book. Right. Um, still reading it, Thomas, if you're listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> But it's a uh, it's a it's a great book. It's a great resource, and and I think it's a good kind of inroad on ramp to um, to reclaiming friendship and community in the church. So before I really get started on what I've learned about community, I, the first thing that I want to say is all of these like these three things: community, discipleship, and mission. They're all very interdependent, and that's something that has become abundantly clear to me throughout the past year and a half working on the other 99. So I think it's really near impossible to have one without the others. If you're living in close community with other believers, there's going to be that natural iron sharpening iron, which is a lot of what discipleship's about. And then also if you're opening your more extended community up to non-believers, that can become your mission. And likewise, taking on the role of a mentor in a discipling relationship's a mission as well. You really can't separate these things three things completely. But I think for me, I've got three kind of big takeaways for what I think help foster and grow meaningful community. And that's time, intentionality, and vulnerability. So time, I think there's nothing that's going to grow the maturity of community other than just sitting in that community for a minute. It's not something that's going to happen overnight and it's real unrealistic to expect that of community. Every relationship or group of relationships is going to differ from one to the other, but the quantity of time together, whether that be face-to-face or communicating by text, email, phone call, whatever it is, but the amount of time that's put into it is generally a good indicator of how strong the relationship is. So it's important to make it a priority to be together. For intentionality, everybody loves to be remembered. Um, even people who consider themselves to be super introverts are like, oh, I don't like the spotlight. When it's a one-on-one kind of interaction, that's very, very different. And being remembered, especially in the little things. So one thing that I've learned is if somebody pops into your head in the middle of the day, send them a text and let them know. It can go a really long way. Uh, Make it a priority to ask about both the big things, whether that's like a job change or a big career test or midterms or whatever it is coming up, um, some health concern, but also ask about the little day-to-day things. So, hey, I know you've been having a hard time with your kid's schedule, or hey, here's this book you told me you were reading. How's that going? Um, Little things like that also mean a lot. And don't stray away from asking about the uncomfortable things. Um, Guy mentioned just a couple minutes ago about how you need friends and you need community to walk through the difficult things with you. And to do that, you have to be able to talk about it. Somebody's got a loss, like don't pretend like it's not there. Open up. It goes a long way with people. And then the third thing being vulnerability. So no matter how much time you spend with a person or how thoughtful you are, how intentional you are in reaching out, if you're not vulnerable with one another, then the relationship's naturally just going to hit the plateau, this plateau and you're going to stop seeing growth. So somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to take that first step and open up. So why not be you? But before I get into uh, my answer of this question, um, I just wanted to point out how, like, perfect of a little microcosm that was. Because <laughs> Bethany, by far, is the most organized type A member yeah, of this true. podcast. And she has points within her points. <laughs> and it is fantastic. <laughs> and honestly, Bethany is a big reason why this podcast made it a year and a half. 
and we were able to like actually put out good um good stuff meaningful stuff because she kept us organized and kept us <laughs> well, pointed in the right direction so uh thanks for your points within your points um <laughs> but uh anyways i i completely agree with everything that that what y'all have said um especially how deeply intertwined these 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 three ideas are it is it's really it was really hard for me when I was sitting down trying to think about how I was going to, how I was reflecting over these three distinct aspects to actually set, separate them out into three different uh, takeaways. But um, one of the, the biggest realizations that I had over the course of doing this podcast is how there really is no quote unquote right way to do community. I think coming into this podcast, I had this this ideal community in my mind, and and really what that looked like was what small groups, what that that middle tier that that guy was talking about, um, what that looked like at the Wesley Foundation for us in college, and and, and so basically it was it was this. Um, it, it, it was a small group Bible study where we either knew each other well enough going in that we could hold each other accountable for other aspects of our of our life yeah, or to get to that part point of the quickly. intent was to was to get to know each other better and well enough so that we could have that accountability in it right yeah to kind of accelerate to that to that point and and, and that's all well and good that is not a wrong way to do it it is a very good way to do it but it, it presupposes two things one that you're not super introverted and comfortable opening up to a bunch of folks that you may or may not know because let's face it even when you know somebody really well that sort of vulnerability that bethany was talking about is still pretty hard it's it's very good and very needed but it's hard and and two uh it it kind of supposes that there that whoever is starting this group has reached some mythical level of knowledge required to start a small group and and that also is is really not not true at all there's there is you you don't have to be super smart you don't have to be super biblically literate to enter into uh or or even begin um some some sort of 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 deep community and and i think what i have realized is that the community lived out is as diverse as the people that make up the church um and and one example of how that's played out in my life is just last month community for me (laughs) looked like a three-person jam session uh, at my house where we covered the Eagles and Alabama and a whole bunch of other classic rock bands. Now, I, I use the term jam session very, very <laughs> loosely. The other two guys, super good. They were actually jamming. I was just trying to keep up and more or less watching them. But either, either way, it, it was a really incredible way that, that I would have never thought of to, to build and deepen these relationships um, and to get to that point of intentionality and vulnerability with these guys. So I guess in a nutshell, that's, uh, that's kind of where I have seen my views on um, community kind of shift over the last year and a half. So where have we seen discipleship uh, change and grow as we've grown in this podcast world life yeah so one one thing that's really stood out to me um in the last couple months there's this passage in in mark 3 where where mark names the 12 disciples and and if you're like me this is probably a passage that you you skip over when you're reading because you think oh mark is just telling me who the 12 disciples are that's not really important um and, and the headings in our bibles don't don't really help us out here um, my, my bible just calls this passage um the 12 disciples um but 
Are we are we just skipping over that because that's not important, or just because we just already know who they are? Yeah, yeah, kind of both. Um, <laughs> but but there's a small phrase um, at the beginning of the passage that that I didn't really pay attention to until somebody pointed it out to me a, f- a few months ago, and it's in Mark three fourteen, um, which says, "And Jesus appointed twelve that they might be with him." Um, and I think that really defines for us what, what discipleship is, um, to be a disciple of Jesus means to be with Jesus, to be with him. Um, that's what he called the 12 to in, in Mark three. And and that's what he's calling us to today. Um, one of the big things I've been learning in the past few months is is that I've spent a lot of time um, reading about God, thinking about God, talking about God. Um, but but you could do all those things. I could do all those things without really being with God. Um, and, and that that extra step, that's what discipleship is all about. It's about building relationship with Jesus. Um, we spent a lot of time talking about the spiritual disciplines on the podcast a few months ago. And, and the goal of those is not to add more things to your schedule, um, or your to-do list. It's not to, um, um, you know, kind of build up your, your Jesus resume. Um, the, the goal is to, to draw near to Jesus through those things. Um, there's a reason they're called means of grace. They're, um, they're not the ends. They're not the goal. It's through those that, that we meet Jesus, that we interact with Jesus. Um, Dallas Willard, um, in one of his books said that practicing the presence of God is the spiritual discipline. It's the spiritual discipline that all the other disciplines are are pointing to. Um, we, we pray to talk we pray to, to talk with him. We read scripture to, to hear his voice and hear his word uh, spoken to us and over us. We fast so that we can pause from um, the things that would keep us from drawing closer to him. Um, one of the things I've been trying to take more seriously lately is Paul's command to pray without ceasing. Um, I think that's just something that we say, okay, Paul, like nobody could do that. So I'm just going to cast that out. If, if practicing the presence of God is the spiritual discipline, I think that's something that we need to take a whole lot more seriously. And so the way I've been doing that, and, and some days it works well, some days it doesn't, but, but that's the idea of practicing. We, we get better as we go. <laughs> Um, I, I've got an alarm, um, on my phone that goes off every hour from eight till five. I don't know why I stop at five or why I start at eight. Um, but, um, that, that's the way I've got it set up goes, goes off every hour from eight till five. It's just a silent alarm. It vibrates. Um, and, and when it goes off, um, I try to make a conscious effort to, to direct my thoughts back towards God. Um, whether that's a prayer, um, uh, or just reminding myself of his presence with me, um, memorizing a verse that I recall to myself when, when the alarm goes off, um, that's really helped me, um, kind of draw my attention back to God throughout the day, not just at, at the, the top of the hour. Um, and maybe that's something you t- could do too. Maybe that's something, um, maybe there's something else you could do. We, uh, I think David's talked in the past about, uh, is it centering prayer? Uh, mm-hmm. centering prayer. Yeah. 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 Um, so th- there's a lot of different practices that could be used, but, but that's, that's the goal. Um, the goal is not, to just have a quiet time, the quiet time's important. The goal is not just to go to go to church on Sunday. That that's that's important. Um, those things draw us, um, are meant to draw us further into into God's presence, and during those times and throughout the day, throughout the week, um, discipleship is being with Him discipleship can't happen apart from being with him um that's that's what i've that's been my takeaway with discipleship so like david said for community there's no right way to do community my 
biggest takeaway or learning opportunity for discipleship is there's no right way to grow in or practice discipleship. Um, which is kind of funny because we all like prepared our answers independently from one another. So a lot of this we're hearing for the first time <laughs> as we're saying that out loud. <laughs> um, so it just goes to show like, I don't know, there's a lot of repetition in what we've been learning and it's been a neat journey to experience together. But for discipleship, like I really love how it can look so different for each individual or even for the same individual during different life stages. So if you guys have been listening to us through the duration of the podcast, you know that for David, Guy, and myself, we've all gone through some pretty significant life changes, and it's been really helpful getting to learn about different ways to practice discipleship to Jesus throughout that. So personally, I'm really passionate about personality assessments and how each individual is all wired and getting to discover some of the specific practices, specifically around spiritual disciplines like what Guy was just talking about. It's been really neat to see um, what best speaks to me. And that's just been really eye-opening to see what practices fit best with me, which ones are going to open me up more to receive from the Lord. What are some ways to practice disciplines that I might not be more naturally wired to? Like one of the challenges that we did during the spiritual disciplines series was for silence and solitude, which is one that like is almost nightmarish for me. Um, I could never be alone. Like if I never had alone time for the rest of my life, I'd be completely fine. Um, I'm that extreme of an extrovert. But one thing that I practiced was turning the radio off in the car on the way to work. And that's something that now to this day, I don't do it every day, but that's something when I can tell like, hey, today's like just started off kind of rough, like maybe I woke up grumpy or I'm leaving the house later than I planned to or there's something specific that I'm wanting to meditate or focus on. That's a really good default for me is to turn the car radio off and spend my commute into the office just in a prayerful state. Um, so that that was something that was completely new to me prior to working on this. Yeah, I... I don't know that I have a whole lot, a whole lot more, more to add. Um, I think what both of y'all said is, has has covered the ga- the gamut, um, really well. I think I think one thing that I have realized is just how blurred the line between discipleship and community uh, is, at least in in, in my view, because. Like going back to, to, to college where, where I had this this idealistic view of what community looked like and it was that that middle middle seg- segment that the guy talked about in community and I, I saw discipleship just as this completely separate entity uh, of that that small third level um, nucleus group and, and, and more of this one on one relationship. Um, in an early podcast, we talked about Paul Timothy relationships and Paul Barnabas and all mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Uh, but but the Paul Timothy Timothy relationship was was basically my default discipleship view. If if someone said the word discipleship, that was what immediately popped into my head, and and, and that's a really important relationship. Uh, and, and and we need those. We need to be building those. Those are incredibly vital to to our growth and the growth of of the church around us um but i like where where uh guy went talking about um being with him um where what that looked like in in uh jesus's uh, role with the 12 disciples where they were literally with him and, and and if we take that idea to heart and apply that in all our relationships we begin to see how discipleship can be uh and and actually is happening in all of our relationships uh big or small um people that are super close to us and and, and people that maybe we're just starting to get to know uh, and so that that was kind of a, a a realization that I had of of discipleship is a much much bigger 
bigger thing than than I than I ever let it be um, before we we started taking a deeper look at it through through this podcast. So if nobody has any more thoughts about discipleship, I guess we can uh, mosey on over to to uh, takeaways from the mission field uh, or the whole idea of what is mission. Yeah. Um, with, with mission, um, I think it's, I think it's really easy to get caught up with mission. Um, I think it's really easy to get caught up thinking about things that, that we, we do. And, and clearly, mission is outward mission is about what we do um but i I think there's a way of thinking about mission that that really kind of short changes um what mission is really meant to be um one one story that really kind of exemplifies this for me and um it's a story i really identify with um though not in all of its specifics um but um so Moses, one of the first things we see Moses doing is uh, killing an Egyptian um, who's um, harassing a, an Israelite slave. Um, and, and what's interesting about that story is that Moses and, and God agree about what the problem is. They both agree that, that the problem um, in, in the book of Exodus is, is that the Israelites are enslaved and they shouldn't be. Um, Moses and God differ very widely on what the solution is. Um, and, and Moses, yeah. And Moses is essentially fighting the problems of the world using, um, using the solutions of the world. Um, and, and that's not what mission is. Uh, mission is not, um, okay, here's this problem. Let's, let's figure out a strategy. Let's, let's figure out how to solve it. Um, mission comes from God's heart. Um, and, and mission, ultimately, that, that doesn't seek God on, on how to solve those types of problems will, will inevitably run into that same kind of ground where, where we're using the solutions of the world to deal with the problems of the world. There's this one story that, that really stands out to me again in Exodus is uh, right after the golden calf incident, you know, so the Israelites build a golden calf. God reacts and says, basically, I'm going to let y'all go into the promised land, but I'm not going with you. And Moses gets, upset about that for good reason and and he enters into uh just a just a deep time of intercessory prayer on behalf of the israelite people in exodus 33 uh, verse 16 he says if your presence does not go with us do not send us up from here Um, how will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? We've, we've got a whole lot of problems in the world. And I think a lot of the, the news um, over the past year has shown that the, in large part the, the American church has really not a whole lot of answers to deal with it. And I think that, and I wonder if that's because we've been trying to solve the world's problems with the world's solutions. And I think one solution of the world that, that we have adopted um, pretty much uncritically is that the best solution is, is the quickest solution, the solution that will yield its results uh, the quickest. Uh, when I look at the way God interacts in the world, he could have said to Abraham, Abraham, your child is going to be Jesus, and he's going to die for the sins of the world, and then he's going to put all things right after that. Instead, we get almost 2,000 years of history between Abraham and Jesus, 400 years of which uh, the the Israelites are are slaves in Egypt. Another 
hundred or so years of which they're in exile in Babylon, another 400 years of which they're, they're living in their lands, but they're living, um, as basically captives of the Persian empire, then the Greek empire, then the Egyptians again, then the Greeks, then the Romans. And then even with Jesus, Jesus doesn't go and preach Billy Graham revivals, though clearly those have their place. Um, Jesus starts with 12, and those 12 go out, and and they spread throughout the Roman Empire in the first three centuries, but, but even that is a tiny segment of the world. Clearly, God is invested in the world in a way that that is not the way we would do things. Um, he's... He's invested in the world in a way that, that lines up pretty well with, with what Jesus teaches about the mustard seed. It's, it's this small thing, but you let it run its course, man. Um, and, and its branches cover the whole earth. Um, and and I, think, I think we need to be willing, especially in the West, I think we need to be willing to have the same kind of humility. Um, there are a lot of problems that that we that I think God is calling us to to confront and to to enter into, but I think we need to to enter into those, listening to His voice, not just assuming that that we always know what the best way to do things is, and with the with the humility to say that you know I don't I don't know what the solution is, but I think you do, and praying and fasting, praying and fasting, praying and fasting for what that is. Mission is not um, something we can turn into, uh, um, you know, a Forbes 500 strategy to fix. It's it's something that that God leads us into. God calls us into using His His methods, His tools, His ways. And it takes a lot of humility. That takes a lot of vulnerability. But but I think that's the way God calls us to serve. That that's kind of been my takeaway uh, about mission over the past couple of months. So I think often the discussion about mission is focused on how much one person can do. And the discussion is often more focused on capacity rather than impact. And perhaps that's just the circles that I've run in, but that's been my experience when talking about mission. And one of the things that Cherry Blue said in her interview that really reframed this capacity versus impact tension for me was that sharing a smile with someone is an act of generosity. And I think if we can remain faithful in the little things like smiling at someone who looks like they're maybe having an off day or giving a simple compliment, those quickly add up to have not only a significant impact, but they also help reorient our hearts to be outward focused, which I think is the pinnacle of mission and along the lines of what Guy just shared. For me, the biggest uh, shift in, in in my my thinking around the idea of, of mission is is just how close to home it really is and, and and be 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 mindful that as I answer this questions there are a lot of home puns um, and that is just a byproduct of it being a long day before I wrote this oh, and gosh. apparently my default nature is puns so missions close to home and go. Um, so I've always been a, a really strong advocate for for local mi- missions. Um, I've I've always seen it as kind of I, I, I've seen the the the, the South uh, especially the the Bible Belt people uh, people always have this assumption of like everybody is Christian down here and 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 to an extent that's kind of true. But to a to a realer degree, it's 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 not as true as as people outside of the South uh, believe it to be. Um, yes, we have a, a church on just about every corner, um, but that doesn't mean that everybody is in those churches and, and, and so forth. So so the South, even though we have this this label of Bible Belt. Um, it is a very, very ripe place for missions. Um, but if, if I'm really honest, my view of local mission coming in to this podcast was still a type of over there mission. 
and, and it it was you know go and 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 serve in in a food pantry go and help with a homeless ministry go and serve lunch at a high school down the road so, uh, all all of these very very good things but but there was something that Drew Causey said back in episode 21 he talked about something that he and his wife do and and I and I believe his kids are in on this as well where they just walk their neighborhood they pray over their neighbors they observe their neighborhood and, and and see where god is at work in their neighborhood and get to know the people around them and, and, and so literally the idea of mission is brought close to home to me see puns uh in in this in this realization for me that that you don't have to go further than the end of your driveway to really be in that right field to to build these relationships and 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 to to be able to see where God is at work and participate in that um short and sweet but uh that was that was kind of my my main takeaway uh on the mission front so since I have done all the segments I'm just going to keep on keep on rolling um so an, another thought that we had to talk about, and, and this one will go a lot quicker, I believe, um, is is <laughs> what what episodes uh, had brought the the biggest aha moments or, or, or changed your process, your thought process around any particular idea the most. Yeah, for me, um, I think one of the, the there are a lot of episodes that were really um, impactful. Um, uh, I mean, I think back to um, the episode with Drew and Catherine Causey. I think back to the episode we just did a couple months ago with, with Mark Swayze. Um, but I think one that really stood out for me was um, the prayer episode we did uh, with Adam Weber. Uh, I mentioned earlier in, in the discipleship bit about how um, I, I came to a point where I realized that it a lot of of thinking about God, of talking about God, of, uh, um, but I didn't do a whole lot of, um, talking with God, being with God. And, um, Adam came on to, to talk with us about prayer and, and to talk with us about his book, which was called <clears throat> talking with God. And, um, <laughs> that, that whole episode was just really, um, impactful for me. Just, um, you know, the, the big takeaway was, was that God wants to talk to you. Um, which when we, when we turn prayer into this thing that, you know, you have to do so that you don't feel guilty about being a bad Christian, we, we could kind of miss out on, um, is that God actually wants to talk with us. Um, and just the, just the rich, deep intimacy, um, that, that comes from, from that, that relationship with him. I, I think, and I was trying to write about this earlier for, for the episode and ended up dropping this. Um, but I, I think we've, we've used the phrase personal relationship with Jesus so much that it's almost had, you know, it, it's just become this cliche that we want to distance ourselves from. But I, I really think what I've been learning over the past couple of months is there, there is a deep, deep truth to, that and and to the need for that and and the prayer episode with adam was really kind of what got me thinking kind of in that direction and um uh, i wouldn't be the same without it um and, and i really appreciate that that he gave us time to to talk with him about that so for me um it also comes out of the spiritual discipline series that we did but the sabbath episode was something that was really impactful so i've already, i've pretty much always had a hard time with the idea of sabbath because my two modes are go 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 or sloth like completely <laughs> veg out for hours in front of the tv or sleeping um I don't have much of an in-between, so the idea of intentional rest is something that's really difficult for me to grasp. But after talking with Will Rambo and hearing about how Sabbath is more focused on soulful rest rather than physical rest, 
that really reframed this idea for me. So I don't have to sit around like twiddling my thumbs to be practicing Sabbath. For me, realistically, that might look more like painting a room in my house because that's something that I find restful and refreshing. It doesn't have to be idle time. Um, and it doesn't have to be my sloth mode either. It can still be active. It can still be doing things. It can still be spending time with people. Um, like I really enjoy having people over for dinner and cooking for others. That's something that is, it brings life to me. And that's not something that I have to be super worked up about thinking, oh, I'm not resting because I'm working right now. Um, so go back and listen to that episode because he says it way better than I do. <laughs> but that was something that just really reframed how I thought about practicing the Sabbath. And then I've got a second one because I couldn't pick just one episode. Um, but also just sharing my testimony, which I have a hard time even calling it a testimony. Um, David mentioned earlier that I'm like super type A, which is very true and <laughs> super organized. So in that, I like to have stories very polished and tied up with a nice bow. So as I was preparing for that episode and feeling the Lord leading me to just share kind of bits and pieces and highlights as opposed to a cohesive narrative, that was pretty stretching for me which sounds absolutely ridiculous like I think that's absurd that that's stretching for me but it was um and throughout that process he just made it abundantly clear that he has been and continues to be faithful to those who love him to me specifically and that's an idea that I've been struggling with a lot lately so just the reflection and the intentional look back on what the Lord's done in my life was something that was a much needed reminder for myself. I'm also going to start out by going back to the spiritual disciplines series, uh, but I am going to go back to Jedi J.D. Walt's interview on fasting. Uh, this, this one affected me the most because it took me 40 weeks to go through. Uh, and, and still something that I, I, I'm not doing as regular as regularly as I did last year. Uh, I was able to use the, the 40 day fast, um, that the seedbed, the seedbed, that seedbed put out, which is, which is the, uh, publishing company that JD Walt is the head of. Um, they have a very easy program. I, I, I say easy. Fasting is never really easy, but they lay it out very well to, to be able to set the habit and, and actually use, use the time of fasting for what is intended for. One of the things that, that JD talked about was how when fasting comes up in the Bible, it's not an if you fast, it's a when you fast. And I am pushing 30 and had never even attempted a fast before. Like I, I had missed lunch once or twice, but not for a real purpose. Um, and so that, that helped me, A, take fasting from something that that was completely unattainable to something that was a normal part of my week uh, and also helped me to to be able to talk do what do what guy was talking about earlier that was a very real way for me to be able to uh, practice the presence of God to be able to do, the the whole pray without ceasing thing because every time you get a little bit hungry your mind is drawn to oh there's a reason for this it's it's not a passive discipline it's something <laughs> that stays in your face for several hours while you're doing it uh and and it, it which is what i need because it's so easy for me to slip out of that mind mindset and fasting does not let you do that um another episode that i really enjoyed was when we had other bethany um 
from uh from Bridgetown Church out in Portland, Oregon, come on, and and she she talked about spiritual and emotional health, uh, and and that is I don't have full thoughts on that one yet. I am still processing through that episode, but every time that I go back and listen to it, it 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 works on me in a new way, and so I, I think a big part of what my my time, this this break time, this rest time, this this uh, Sabbath time for our podcast um, is going to be is is really digging into that a little bit deeper and and what does spiritual and emotional health look look like for me, my family, uh, even my church, small groups, um, and, and how can we as the church do do a better job of of making these conversations less taboo um so that we can grow uh in those areas so those were those are my thoughts on best podcasts episodes yeah Yeah. okay no we can't call it best podcast episodes (laughs) that's not what i meant that's not what i meant most (laughs) most uh, most personally impactful I'm not going to sit yeah. here and tell you that my podcast was the best one. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't even think about that implication. Uh, <laughs> no, that's the reason impact- why I said we can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Th- those are my thoughts on most impactful episodes. Okay. There you go. I'm yeah. cool with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... We're getting close to finishing this out, but just a few quick notes about where we're headed. Um, We've mentioned that this is going to be the last regular two-week episode, um, or episode that's released every two weeks, but we're still going to be active with the podcast in some different ways, so I just wanted to take a minute and talk a little bit about what that's going to look like. So the the episodes um, we're we're shutting down for a bit, but the episodes will will stay up. So you'll still be able to access them on on iTunes and and Doodle Play and the other places that that we're at. Um, so bless all of you guys for listening to every episode and hearing our little plea at the end, where we talk about all of our different social media platforms that all of us have just been failing at. Um, what? And for y'all that stuck through the phase where we started calling them social meds because I said <laughs> it once as a joke and y'all kept doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how a lot of this podcast happened. It started as a joke and we just kept doing it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> That's our other tagline. Besides, we're not experts, we're just trying. It started as a joke and we just kept doing it. <laughs> yep. So... Like I said, bless you guys who have stuck with us on social media. One thing that we're hoping to do during this break from recording and producing episodes regularly is take more of an intentional focus on social media and try and make that more of a dialogue with all of you guys. So one of the ideas that we've tossed around is like having a weekly question, trying to create some more dialogue between the podcast and all of our listeners and maybe create some sort of way for more intentional feedback or being able to get ideas for future podcasts because I'm going to let David say that. So one of the things that we are uh, spitballing around as what this podcast may look like in the future is I think something that we've talked about at least is is doing some some mini series where we're able to take a a specific topic and kind of that, that might be a little more nuanced that you can't really dive into to the extent that it needs to be divin into dove into <laughs> in 20 30 minutes um and, and and give us an opportunity to, to bring in some some other voices uh, and, and to really do that well. And so we've had a few ideas for, for some series that we might want to do in the future, but we would also really love to hear from y'all what are some some topics that we never either never tackled on this podcast or maybe that you would like to have us go a little deeper into. Um, to come back and revisit. Uh, we'd love to hear that. 
you can hit us up on any of our social media platforms or email us the other 99 podcast at gmail.com um but that is 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 one of the ideas and kind of the one right now that has the most uh, traction for for what future episodes are going to look like. Um, less of this every two week and more of a, uh, a, a rapid fire of a couple of episodes um, much more spaced out. Yeah, and, and kind of with that, um, we're... We started off, and, and this episode is kind of um, addressed it in, in detail. We started off with the vision that um, the podcast would equip the church for community discipleship and mission. Um, and I think we got to a place with that where, um, just like David said, there was, there was a place for more nuanced conversations, um, and some of which are going to have a lot to do with community discipleship and mission, but some that, um, the connection is a little more, um, kind of tangential. Um, and so we're, we're kind of rethinking, revisioning what, what our mission, what our mission statement is. Um, and so, um, we've, we've talked about maybe dropping, you know, um, We've talked about just calling it, you know, equipping the church, period. Um, we've talked about um, equipping the church for um, just kind of deeper conversations. Um, we've talked about a lot of different things, but um, big, big ideas that um, th- there could be kind of a different vision. We're still the other 99. We're still aimed at at uh, the the majority of the church that, that's not working as full-time Christians. Um, but... Um, our our mission within that might might change and might look different so and we'd love feedback on that too if you Can guys I just have say ideas that um it it is very very apparent apparent that that you are a covering math teacher when you use the word tangential, tangential uh-huh. <laughs> i yeah. almost like stopped him right then and there i was like what a mathematician word to use <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. appreciate that. So that rolls us into uh what does that roll us into, Bethany? Uh uh-uh, that's you could wreck add add some uh echo. some echoes echo in and post. Okay. For the for the last time for at least a while. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so my recommendation um, this week, uh, I I happened upon uh, something that was really incredible this week, and I wanted to share it with everyone. Um, so with the advent of Auto Tune, someone came up with the idea of auto tuning songs. <laughs> this is so great. Um, <laughs> if a song is originally <laughs> in a minor key auto-tuning it so that it is in a major key um, and vice versa song, is it originally in a major key auto-tuning it to where it is in a minor key um this so, is so I, stressful I've, I've got some specific examples that i can share in the show notes but just to whet your appetite smells like teen spirit in a major key just think about what that would sound like or just click the link in the show notes um, but I'm telling David and Bethany to just think about what that would sound like. Or listen to this quick clip. I don't think oh, man, wasn't that to... great? <laughs> I'm really stressed out. If you stay less than 30 seconds, you're fine. <laughs> just a snippet. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, Bethany, what you got? Um... <laughs> well, this is directly applicable to right now. Um... So now I'm jumping on the JMC train. Um, yeah, you are. I know. So I recently was convicted of the amount of time that I spend in the car not doing anything and thought it would be worthwhile to listen to podcasts during that time. So I started with John Mark Comer's Churches 
podcast. Bridgetown Audio Podcast is the name of their podcast. And as I was looking at it, I was thinking, okay, where should I start? Because I've got a lot of stuff on there. And for the month of March, they did a series on forgiveness. Which, just given everything that's been going on the past year or so, I thought would probably be beneficial for me. And now I'm choosing to forgive Guy for introducing me to music that should never have existed. Um, so, the Bridgetown Audio Podcast on Forgiveness. It's a whole series. They did it all March long, but it was super good. I finished it this morning on my way to work. Yeah, that that series was was really really good, uh, in particular. And Bethany preaches one or two of those, not our Bethany, their Bethany. Well, who was on this yeah. podcast? So Bethany preaches the first one, and then it's her and John Mark Comer that both that's do right. the fourth one. I know that because that's so, the one I listened to today. <laughs> even more connections to to this podcast, right? Woo-woo. All right, and my recommendation is is uh, to to go and, and walk around your neighborhood. Uh, I talked about this a little bit earlier um, when I referenced back to the Drew Causey episode. This, I believe, was actually Drew Causey's recommendation when he was on the podcast last summer. Uh, but go walk your neighborhood and and just pray. And not only just pray, but listen. And then not only just pray and listen, but but act. Um, and 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 I think one of the one of the simplest first steps for doing this is to invite a neighbor over for dinner, cook for them, do the dishes, talk to them for a while, get to know them. Um, get to know those around you you deeper and start start building those relationships if you don't already have them if you already have great relationships with your immediate neighbors keep moving down the street um and uh that's kind of my uh my recommendation slash call to action as as we close out this chapter of the other 99 So as we mentioned earlier, we're still going to keep all of our social media up and active as well as our podcast that we've already aired. So please rate, review, subscribe wherever it is you get your podcast from. Then you'll also be one of the first to find out about new episodes that we do release if and when that day comes. So see iTunes, Google Play. Am I missing any big ones there? Those are the big ones. All right. I got the big ones. ones. Cool. And then social media, we are on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, The Other 99 Podcast, a Facebook group, The Other 99 Podcast Community. And we are on Instagram and Twitter at The Other 99 Pod. We always welcome feedback, suggestions, um, really any notes you want to give us would be super wonderful. You can send that to The Other 99 Podcast at gmail.com. And we really look forward to hearing from you guys and staying in touch. So, and uh, until next time. Until next time. Closing time. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you don't gotta go home, but you can't stay here. That's my best, Andy Bernard doing a northern person accent. <laughs> All right. Well, that note. Came out so much Okay, I'm gonna stop recording now. Yeah, I am too.